0: The same time that life started on Earth, there was water on Mars.
1: From the Museum of Science in Boston, this is Pulsar, a podcast where we search for answers to the grandest questions we've ever gotten from our visitors. I'm your host, Eric, and we're kicking off our 2023 Mars Spotlight this week at the museum. We've got a life-size model of the Perseverance rover, a 20-foot Mars globe, and tons of programming and activities all throughout the summer. We get questions about Mars all the time from visitors, and we've answered many already here on the podcast. Most of them have focused on the newest rover, Perseverance, which has been exploring Mars since February of 2021. Today we're focusing on the big picture and the main question Perseverance is trying to answer— Scientists are trying very hard to find out if there was ever life on Mars. But why is it so important to search for that life? Who better to answer that question than Dr. Michael Meyer, the lead scientist for NASA's Mars Exploration Program for the last 25 years. Dr. Meyer, thanks so much for joining me on Pulsar. This is a real pleasure and it it's a I in fact I enjoy every opportunity I have to talk about Mars. <laughs> That's what we get a lot. We get anybody who's working on something like this is so passionate about it that it always comes through. So why don't we start with you're the lead Mars scientist, what does Mars science actually mean? What does that encompass? Well, we have a neighboring planet called
0: Mars. And, you know, frankly, we don't know that much about it because, you know, for the longest time, it was a red dot in the sky that moved in funny directions. That's why they called it a planet. And then it's only recently that, you know, in the last 50 years that we've been able to start sending missions to that planet. And as you might imagine, as our instrumentation gets more sophisticated, you know, the capabilities of the orbiter, or the lander get better and instrumentation is better— but also, as we learn more, we are gaining information, but it's very much like looking at a pretty picture through a, a toilet paper roll, where all you're seeing is a little bit of it, and it's really hard to put it all together until you gradually build up the information that, that you need to make it one whole picture, as opposed to individual interesting sites.
1: So you mentioned that we've been doing this for about 50 years, sending missions there. It both seems like a really long time that we've been able to do it and seems like no time at all. In the history of science, we've only been you know, exploring Mars up close for that little amount of time. And you've been doing it for 25 years. So what are the biggest differences that you've seen in the last couple of decades? How has the technology allowed us to explore more? What's, what's really the difference between 2022 and the late 1990s? As we learn more, we, we certainly have developed the capability. Most of the information we have about
0: Mars has been from orbiters, you know, things that take pictures from basically, you know, 300 miles away from the surface, sometimes in different colors, so you get an idea of what minerals might be there. And, of course, that capability has gotten more and more sophisticated and your resolution's better so you can see smaller, smaller features. And what that does is has painted Mars as a very diverse-looking planet. But looking at something and understanding what it is are two different things. And so it's not just looking at you know, judging the book by its cover, but actually getting on the surface and exploring. And so one of the real things that's happened that has really moved us forward is putting mobile instruments on the surface. We have rovers on Mars that can go different places, and now it can pick up that rock that is part of a formation that you saw from orbit, and now you could actually figure out what it really is, as opposed to something that kind of matches pictures that you've seen before of other things that you recognize on Earth. So our understanding at the smaller scale is vastly improved, and we've made some major progress. When we started sort of like the modern age of Mars exploration you know, at the turn of the century, we weren't sure whether or not Mars was just interesting because of its geology. We weren't sure of its history, whether or not it had water in its distance past. But we had features that were intriguing that would let us, you know, yeah, this is a good thing to look
1: at. That's a good question. We so, had a lot of good questions to Lots well, of
0: good questions and, and big questions. And one of them was, okay, was there ever water on the surface of Mars? Because that, in our viewpoint, that's what you need for life. Was there ever water on the surface of Mars? Well, we think maybe, probably. And so with the missions that we've done, we now concluded, yes, not only was it on the surface of Mars, we know that it had been there for long periods of time, long enough to form minerals that only form in water, so we can see those and we found those, but also long enough that it has the potential for having been a place for the origin of life. And so now we're at that stage where we go, Mars had water on its surface. Mars could have supported life. Did it happen? Is it there? What's, you know, so now we've narrowed down our search to asking some very specific questions about certain features. Like, oh, that is a river delta, water flowing into a lake. If life was existent at that time, that place ought to have evidence. And that's where we're looking. That's where we're looking
1: with Perseverance. Talking about every mission building on the ones before it, we're now not just looking from Earth. We're not looking from orbit. We're not even just looking from the surface because Perseverance is going to be the first step in bringing some of those samples back to Earth. Can you talk about why we would want to bring some of those samples back to Earth instead of just having Perseverance do science on them?
0: Yeah, if you could imagine, you go camping and you find some interesting rocks. You have a little magnifying glass with you. You can look at it and go, oh, yeah, this is interesting. But you have no idea what the rock is. I mean, your instruments on the rover are a little bit better, but it can only carry so many instruments, and the instruments only have a certain capability because it has to fit on the rover. It has to travel through space. It has to survive the whole journey. It has to send data back. Get that sample. Bring it home. You'll know what that is. You'll know what it is to an extreme degree, and you could use any instrument on earth to do the measurement you need on that particular rock to tell you what it is. So that's one part of it. The other thing of bringing samples back is that you can now look at your samples grain by grain. Many rocks, if you cut them and look at them in thin section, you can see all these different grains next to each other that make up that rock. It's a very complex organization, and what rock is next to each other is important. Well, when you bring the sample back, You can cut that open. You could look at each of the grains. Each grain is like looking at a whole new rock. You could do everything you want to it, and now you get a whole picture of the entire lifetime of this rock in terms of when it originally formed, what things might have been incorporated into it, what the whole region where it was formed is like. So you get the chapter to a book when you get a rock and able to examine
1: it page by page. So this will really help us answer the question, we know there was the great conditions for life on Mars, but did life exist? We'll be able to say we found some evidence that has to come from life?
0: It's complicated. It's a little more challenging than that because you might find something that, let's say, on Earth, life makes something that looks like that, but that doesn't mean it can't be made by a different process. You know, it's shells or you know, it's something that looks smooth on the outside or you know it has a certain pattern. And there's lots of things that are made by not-life processes yeah. that look it's, like their right. life. And we're talking about a different planet. So there may be a process that we don't quite understand that forms something that we haven't seen before, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's evidence of life. We can also look at organic matter, which is something we're all familiar with because that's what we are. Right. Well, functioning organic matter, right? But So if we find complex organic compounds in samples from Mars, then that would be a really good clue that maybe life— had gotten started on Mars, or maybe almost got started on Mars. There's a lot to learn, and this is at a very, very fine scale. We're talking about
1: measuring individual molecules, something that we can't do with the rovers. So you've been pondering life elsewhere in the solar system and particularly on Mars for a really long time. How do you usually respond when people just ask you, was there life on Mars? I get the question of, like, what are the odds?
0: I have no idea. It's a good question because we know that it's at least possible. There's a couple of things that play into this. One is the same time that life started on Earth, there was water on Mars. So it happened here. It could have happened there in the same time frame. So this is very encouraging. Was water around long enough for it to start? We don't know how life starts. We don't have good have good Here on Earth, the, our record's been erased. Plate tectonics, life itself, rain, you know, erosion, you know, all these things have done their best to make sure that what was going on in the first billion years on Earth's history has been largely erased. And certainly evidence of how life got started or even what the earliest life was like is absent or highly controversial. On Mars, if anything like that happened or even got almost there, Mars is ancient. Its rocks on the surface are ancient. We could go and walk on the surface of Mars and pick up a three-billion-year-old rock. And we have it in hand, and by looking at that, we could tell what was going on on Mars. Did life ever get started?
1: It will be a challenge. We know that the conditions were right a long time ago. We are looking for evidence of that life. Is there any chance there could be life on Mars today? Well, we
0: don't see anything on the surface of Mars. Mars looks like a dry desert. It looks pretty lifeless. And I think on the surface— water liquid water can't exist so it's not a great environment for life so we don't expect to find it on the surface even if it does exist on mars but the subsurface that's a different story the subsurface if you go deep enough you have the possibility of liquid water you have temperatures that are in the right range to support complex organic chemistry you have the potential for something living in the aquifers on mars now we don't know if there's aquifers there there's good reason to think there might be. but So there's a lot of things, a lot of potential habitats for life even today that we don't have direct evidence for. We have theory that says that it's a good chance to be there. And if we have some evidence that says life started on Mars, then it's worth the effort and expense to go into the deep subsurface to
1: look for evidence of life on Mars. So we've been asking this question for a really long time. What would it mean if we found evidence that life started on Mars? And for a long time, it's been theoretical. And now we're getting to the point where we could actually start thinking about it. So what do you think it would mean just to science in general? Finding evidence of life on Mars, the first thing is you do the happy
0: dance. I mean, this is, this is the, <laughs> the brass ring on the merry-go-round. This is winning the lottery. This is fantastic. And there's a couple of major things of import about finding evidence of life on Mars. One is it now looks like life is easier than we might have thought. There's only two planets in our solar system that look like they could support life, and they both have life. Okay, well, maybe every, every time you have the right conditions, you get life started. And now all of a sudden life looks easier. That means that now the universe is teeming with places it where there could be of a full yeah. of life, right? So that's number one. Number two, life that we know on Earth is amazingly self-similar. We all have the same DNA, RNA, protein, metabolic complexes. We're all the same functional organic chemistry. And everything you look at, you know, the, the bacteria on up to the elephant, essentially they had the same cellular machinery. So I suspect we have a very myopic, narrow view of what life is like. Everything on this earth is like us. It's not, we don't have two different systems. So finding evidence of life somewhere else means that now you can study a different life. And that might be the eye-opener into understanding what life really is as opposed to
1: the phenomenology that we have of what we see of life here on this planet. Well, it'll be exciting to see what develops over the next couple of decades. Dr. Meyer, thanks so much for joining me here on Pulsar. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. You can keep up with all of the latest Mars exploration updates at mars.nasa.gov. And be sure to check out all of the Museum of Science offerings online and our exhibit halls by visiting mos.org slash mars after April 15th. Until next time, keep asking questions.